0: This evening, turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter number four. And I've still not gotten used to how quiet it is not hearing pages turn. That is usually my cue. Thank you, Brother Michael, for helping us out there. That's usually my cue on when everybody's there and I can go ahead and start reading Hebrews chapter number four. And I'm going to give you just a few moments to turn there. And let me say hi to all of our kiddos that are joining tonight. It has blessed my heart to see you guys turning, uh, tuning in as well and seeing a lot of pictures moms and dads are posting of having church together. And I believe we'll look back on this day, uh, many years from now, and see how good it was to be able to fellowship with God and fellowship with others in spite of all that was going on. So good to see our kids tuning in as well. I want to encourage you, stay up with your devotions with Brother Matthews. He's doing a great job, working very hard uh, to get those out for you. So I want to encourage you, stay faithful with that, and continue to grow in Christ through this as well. Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to go probably one of the most familiar verses in chapter 4 to verse number 12. Just going to read that one verse tonight, just one simple verse, and we're going to to take it, try to dissect it a little bit, have a time of Bible study, and encourage your heart through God's Word. Hebrews chapter 4, look down to verse 12. The Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's pray. Let's ask God to bless his word. Father, thank you for your word again. And Lord, as we preach on your word tonight and teach on your word, help us to value it so much the more than we did, Lord, before this time. Lord, I, I wish we would all cherish it as it is, is and what it belongs or what it means to us. But Father, oftentimes we don't. And I pray that dur- during this time, we would lean on it like never before in Jesus' name. Amen. If you watch the morning devotions uh, that we're putting out, just a five to ten minute devotion uh, for everybody to encourage you as you start your day. Uh, If you watch this morning's, I gave you a little bit of a hint uh, at what we're going to be looking at tonight and the thought that we're going to focus on just for a few minutes. And it really revolves around how uh, I have been encouraged watching so many of our people uh, rely on the word of God, maybe more so than they have before this virus started off. Now, I'm not saying we were not reliant upon God's word. Uh, but you just cannot help to have an unprecedented time, uh, to also have an unprecedented reliance uh, upon your anchor and your rock right now, which we go to uh, is the Word of God. And what has blessed my heart is as I mentioned this morning, as I've talked with several of our people, uh, I, I've met a few of you out and about, and how your heart is still encouraged uh, in spite of all that's going on around us, and you can tell that we are turning to the Word of God. Maybe some are turning to it for the first time, but maybe some, and I believe probably the majority of our people, we are turning to it uh, with more devotion than we normally do, and we're finding God's Word to be everything that God always said it was. And what an encouragement that is, that we are finding God's Word to be True, And we are putting it to the test and we are proving God's word in this hour of need It reminds me of something a while back that my wife bought and uh, uh, it was a, a little white sponge called a magic eraser. That was re- what it was called, correct? Magic eraser. And, uh, you, know, I, I'm, you know, I'm spe- uh, skeptical about anything that calls itself magic to begin with. And we were doing something at the house. got some scuff marks on the wall or something. we moving something down the hallway. And she said, I'll get the magic eraser. And that magic eraser will take the scuffs off the walls. And I'm thinking to myself, you have bought into a scam. There's no way this little white sponge is going to get a scuff. Scuff off of our wall. And so she goes and gets it, and I'm trying to be respectful and smile and think that, you know, well, at least she tried. And she gets down there and begins to scrub those uh, scuff marks on our wall. And lo and behold, this little white sponge with a had a picture of Mr. Clean on the wrapper, I believe it was, started to take the scuff marks off our wall. A few days later, we're doing something in the kitchen, and she said, well, let me get my magic eraser, and I'm thinking, I don't think it's going to work on that, too, and she goes, and she takes the magic eraser, and, begins to ru- and it begins to disappear. Before too terribly long, I was sold on this magic eraser. I mean, I cut my arm the next day, and I took the magic eraser out. Maybe see if it would work. It didn't work on cuts and bruises, but I found it to be everything she said it was, and I was shocked at just how potent that little white sponge was to be able to do the things that she said it was capable. doing. Now, I want you to think of the Word of God in light of that. Now, the Word of God is not magical, but it is powerful. And we are finding during this time uh, to lean on the Word of God. And we are finding the Word of God not only to do what we thought it could, but so much more than we thought it could. And it just blesses my heart seeing our people relying on the Word of God, and it's paying off for them. It's kind of like those uh, those canned food bunkers that I'm sure some of you watching have. Some of that emergency food. And you've been storing it up for years and your spouse has been telling you that you were nuts to buy all of this canned food and have a bunker in the backyard with gallons of water and shotgun shells and all of that and you've been picked on by your co-workers, your children, your spouse and yet now you're like "Uh uh-huh it's paying off and you're glad you took the time to invest and have all of those things prepared for times like these. Now, for those of you that have relied on the Word of God in your Christian walk throughout just a normal day, you are finding that such a good investment that you made because that investment is paying off right now in the peace and the grace that we talked about in our morning devotions. But here's the problem. So often, the Word of God is so much more than we realize. And the Word of God is so much more than we even give it credit for. And the sad thing is, the Word of God, in spite of what it says it is, The Word of God will only be to us what we allow it to be. And I want you to think about that tonight. The Word of God makes all kind of claims about what it is and what it can do. And we have evidence in the Word of God, if you believe the Bible... We have evidence of what the Word of God has done throughout the pages of the Old and New Testaments. And so we have so many examples of what the Word of God can do and what it can mean to us, particularly in times like these. Now, listen, the Word of God not a life raft that we break out only in bad times. No, the Word of God should be what we live by on a day-to-day basis. But here's what I want you to get at tonight. The Word of God can only be to you what you allow it to be. So in spite of what it is, in spite of what it can do, in spite of what it says it is, in spite of what it has done for others, it will only do for you what you allow it to do and what you allow it to be. Remember the statement I've made so many times that God is not going to invade your will. God's not going to make the word of God be for you all that it could be during this time unless you allow it to be. Think about Psalms 119, 105. You know it well. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. Boy, right now in these dark times that we're living, how valuable is a spiritual lamp and a spiritual light? And the word of God wants to be our lamp and our light to, to traverse these difficult times that we're living in. But listen, if you don't use the lamp or light and you don't claim the word of God as your lamp and as your light, it can do you very little good to navigate the time that we're in. The Bible tells us in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that the word of God is profitable. Think about that word. The word of God is profitable. And oh my goodness, it gives us a list in verse 16 of what it's profitable for. And it's profitable for so many other things. And right now, oh, how the word of God could be extremely profitable for us. But here's what I want you to think about. A profit only comes after an investment. Now, how can we expect to profit from God's word when we're not investing anything in God's word? I mean, you cannot expect a profit without an investment, and if we're not investing in the word of God and allowing the word of God to invest in us during these times, we're not going to see it as profitable as we could. Now, here's what I believe, and we'll get into the message. I believe that right now we're waiting for the word of God to produce results in our life without putting the word of God to practice, Okay. I want to say that again. We're waiting for the word of God to produce results in our life, but what we're doing is we're not putting it into practice so that it can produce results and can produce that produce that peace. And so what I want to look at tonight is the thought of when the word will work for you. When the word will work for you. And I believe so often we hear about people and they claim how the word of God was a comfort to them or gave them strength or the word of God gave them courage or on and on and on. We could talk about what the word of God has done for us. And we sit back and we wonder, well, why hasn't the word of God done anything for me? Why is it the word of God giving me that peace? Why is it the word of God giving me that power? Why is it the word of God being that lamp and that light to me? Well, I'm going to show you tonight out of verse number 12 on how and when the word of God will work for you. You cannot expect it to do for you what you will not allow it to do for you, all right? You have to be willing to put the word of God into gear. We had a lady at our church, my my dad's first church back in the 90s, and her name was Miss Marie, and Miss Marie is in heaven right now, and she doesn't mind me using her as an illustration to help get a point across, and Miss Marie had one of those large Pontiac cars. I forget what they were called, but it was like a Panzer tank. It was huge, and Miss Marie would always pull up right to the corner of the church within inches of the church building, and she would put her car in park, and then she would get out. After church service, we'd go out and play basketball. Ms. Marie would get in her car, and just about, I'm gonna say, two out of, out of five times, she would get in her car, and she would just rev the engine because she forgot to put it in gear. And we're sitting there thinking, any moment she's gonna plow, plow into our church uh, because she's sitting there revving her engine but not putting it into gear. And I thought about that tonight. How often do we have the word of God It has the capability, it has the power, it has everything we need, but we never put that power into gear to work on our behalf. And so tonight I want to show you when the Word will work for you, and surprisingly, not so much, I'm going to give you three things to show you how the Word of God can begin working in your life right now. Now I hope the Word of God has been working in your life for the past 50 years of your life. But if it's not been working in your life actively, then right now is a great time to employ it in your life. So look at verse 12. The Bible says, For the word of God, there it is, is quick and powerful, the Bible says, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, by looking at what the Word of God says it is, the Bible says the Word of God is. When the Bible says something is, then we know that it is. We do not have to go back, as President Clinton tried to figure out, and define the Word is. When the Bible says the Word is, it means that it is. Now, notice the first thing, that the Bible says that the Word of God is. For the Word of God is quick. The Bible says it's quick, Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, when you throw it at your spouse and you get mad at them that it's quick flying across the room. No, the word of God being quick means it is living, it is alive, and it is active. Now, remember those terms. The word of God is quick, which means it is alive, and it means it is active. Now, in order for the word of God to work for you, you say, when will the word of God work for me? Number one, when we allow it to be alive. The word of God will work for you when we allow it to be alive. You say, well, the Bible says it is alive. That's exactly right. It is quick and it is living, but it will not be alive for you until you allow it to be alive in your life. Now, here's what I want you to understand. The word alive, uh, the word living or the word quick means living. It means alive and it means active. Now, you've got to understand this. In order for the word of God to work for you, the word of God has to be allowed to have an active part in your life. You cannot expect the Word of God to reap results and to produce fruit in your life and to give you all the promises in the Word of God if you do not allow the Word of God to be active. If you allow the Word of God to be dormant, something that sits on your coffee table that you dust off when the preacher comes over, and you do not allow it to be active in your life, do not expect to see the fruit of the Word of God come out in your life. I really do fear this tonight that too many view the word of God more as a spare tire than a steering wheel. Now think about that. We view the word of God as a spare tire rather than a steering wheel. You say, well, what do you mean by that? You just think about how frequently you use a spare tire. Now, so For some of you, it may be more than others, but I think for your average American, we don't use the spare tire very often. Maybe get a nail in our tire, maybe hit something or, or, or run over something and it, and it gives us a flat and we need our spare tire. But for the most part, we do not need it every day. I know a few guys, they, they're uncanny. I think they have that little black rain cloud that, that Winnie the Pooh had uh, that just follows them around. They have flat tires all the time, but most of us do not need it every day. But I'll tell you this, if you're going to drive a car, you need a steering wheel. There's a few people I passed on 49 today. I, I think they don't think they need a steering wheel, but you do all the same. If you're going to navigate down the road, you need a steering wheel every time you go out. And we should look at the Word of God as a steering wheel and not a spare tire. The Word of God must have an active, daily influence in our life. You say, why don't I get out of the Word of God what other people get out of the Word of God? It's because you, and sometimes I, will not allow the, work of God, the Word of God to be quick or living or active in our life. We much prefer a passive Word of God. I've had a headache every once in a while the past few weeks, I think for obvious reasons. And my wife always asks me this very interesting question when I have gotten to the place where I cannot bear the headache anymore. Very wise words. Prepare to write this down. My wife will ask me, well, have you taken anything for it? It's about that time that pride wells up and I have to force it back down and I'll say, well, no. She says, well, you know there's Tylenol in that bottle over there uh, in the kitchen cabinet. And you know that the Tylenol that's in the bottle in the kitchen cabinet has inside of it what you're going to need to remedy the problem that you have. But the medicine does you no good if you do not take it out of the bottle, uh, put it in your hand, pop it down your throat, and wash it down. It can do you no good. Now, the Tylenol has the power. The Tylenol has the capability. It can meet the need that I have at the moment. But it does no good if I do not allow it to be active in my body. That's the same way with the Word of God. When the Bible says the Word of God is quick, it means it is living, it's alive, and it's active. It has an influence on us. And if you do not allow the Word of God to have an influence on your life, do not expect to have the fruit that only the Word of God could produce. Job chapter 23, <clears throat> you can read this one later. I'll read it to you right now. Job chapter 23, and verse 12, the Bible says, Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Notice what Job says. I have, I, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. Now, I want you to think about the life of Job Oh, could you see the fruit of the word of God come out in the life of Job? Oh, how the word of God navigated Job through a dark hour, even darker than what we are going through right now, when he lost all that he had, and yet somehow Job navigated that treacherous path he was on. How did Job traverse that narrow path, that straight that we talked about Sunday, and not give up and not quit? Well evidently he had a lamp to his feet and a light into his path. He says, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You see, for Job it wasn't a cliche, it was a commitment. I think oftentimes the word of God for us, I hate to say this, it's a cliche. It's something we like to quote. It's something we like to put pictures on our Facebook pages about. It's something we like to have bumper stickers about. I'm not against those things. Understand that tonight. But the word of God has got to be more than a cliche to you. The word of God has got to be active and living and influencing our daily life. And right now, what an opportunity we have to lean on the word of God like never before. As Proverbs chapter 3 says in verse 5 and 6, that in all of our ways, we acknowledge him. right now, we're going to lean on your words like never before. But if you're not careful during this time, you'll slide back to where you were, to where the word of God is just a cliche that you quote, and it has no active influence in your life. If you want the word of God to work for you, it must be living. You must allow it to be active and daily influencing your life. Or you could be like the children of Israel. The children of Israel... Now remember it this way, they only wanted to heed it when they needed it. They only wanted to heed the word of God. They were only interested in hearing from God. They were only interested in doing what God said only when they absolutely needed it. They wanted a passive word rather than an active word. Think about it. They did not want the word of God to actively work on their behalf and actively to influence their life on a daily basis. They didn't want the quick word. They didn't want the living word. That's not what they wanted. They wanted a passive spare tire word that did not influence their life until they were ready to be influenced by it. I thought about the song this afternoon that we sing, I need thee every hour. I think for the children of Israel, it should be, I need thee ever so often. I think a lot of times that's the case for us, isn't it? The word of God's not active in our life. We're not allowing that quick living word to influence our daily lives, the decisions that we make. And that's why the word doesn't work for us. We hear about all of these super Christians of how the word of God did this, and the word of God was that, and the word of God meant this to them, and you're like, man, I I don't get it. Nothing like that ever happened to me. I mean, I'm struggling through this. I don't have any peace. I don't understand what grace and all of this. Why? Because you have not allowed the word of God to be alive. If this time of crisis, and boy, I'm going to tell you, in my life, I believe this. If this time of crisis and this time of adversity that we are going through, not just as a church, but as a country and as a a world, If this time of adversity causes us to realize the great need for the active Word of God in our life, that living, influential, daily Word of God in our life, if this crisis makes that happen, then I think in the end it would have been worth it. So can I ask you this tonight? How living and how active and how influencing is the Word of God in your life? We read this verse, we believe this verse, but is it quick and living in your life? Is it active in your life? You say, how do you know if the word of God is active in your life? Because it's influencing your life. That's what living things do, they influence. Now folks, if we want the word of God to work for us, we must allow it to live. And a a little influence, if we allow the word of God to have in our life, will have little effect. A great influence by the word of God will have great effect. And so number one, when will the word work for you? It will work when we allow it to be alive. Number two, look at verse 12 again. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. The word of God is quick and powerful. The next word that we're given that describes the word of God and what the word of God is really goes into greater detail at the influence of the word of God and the influence that it should have in our life. And it uses the word powerful. Now listen to this. The word of God is indeed powerful. Okay, understand that. Whether you apply it to your life and whether you allow it to be living and influential in your life, whether you allow it or not, the Word of God is powerful. But understand this, it will not be powerful to you until, number two, you permit it to be powerful. Number two, when will the Word of God work for us? Well, when we permit it to be powerful. The word powerful means this, effectual, overwhelming, influential. It is an effectual overwhelming. What it means is, look, it doesn't mean just a constant influence. It means a controlling influence. That the word of God is not just present in your life, but the word of God has a controlling interest in your life. It has that power in your life and in your daily decisions. Now, all throughout Scripture, I'm not going to turn to them, but I think you'll remember them. All throughout Scripture, we can see the power of the word of God. As a matter of fact, you don't have to go but two to three verses into the Word of God to find out just how powerful the Word of God is. Genesis chapter 1, what does the Bible say? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What does it go on to say? And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So look at the situation. It was void, it was without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then what happened? The Bible says, and God said... Let there be light, and there was light. Now, I want you to think about how the spoken word of God changed everything. It was void, it was without form, and it was darkness, and just the spoken Word of God changed everything. Why? Because the Word of God is powerful, and that's what the Word of God does. It doesn't just give us a little bit of a nudge. The Word of God can change everything if we will just permit it to be powerful in our life. That's the sad part. We hold God at bay. When we refuse to allow his word to influence our life, to be a living daily influence on the decisions that we make for our homes, when we hold back that influential word of God, we are holding back the power of God because we see the power of God is in his word. We remember Lazarus, how he was dead, and just by the very words of Christ, Lazarus came forth from the the dead. Now, think about how overwhelming of a power that is. The power of the word of God even overwhelmed the death that had its grip on Lazarus. That's powerful. I mean, listen, that's not just a little nine-volt battery that we stick our tongues to as a kid. I mean, this is all power, the Bible says. And that power is an overwhelming power that can even overwhelm death. Why would you not want that in your life? I'll tell you why. Same reason at times I don't want that in my life. Because one of the greatest truths about the Word of God is also one of our greatest fears about the Word of God. It's the fact that God's Word changes lives. Think about it. One of the greatest truths of the word of God is that God's word changes lives. There's nothing like watching a sinner walk down an aisle and bow and need to be saved. Why? Because the word of God was preached and the word of God pierced deep within their heart and it showed them their sinful condition and they come down and trusted Christ as their savior. What happened? God's word changed their life. I remember the night that God called me to preach. The word of God was preached. And oh, ever since then, 25 years ago, the word of God has changed my life. And that's the very reason why oftentimes we do not allow the word of God to have the influence over us that it could. That's why we do not permit it to be powerful. Why? Because God's word changes lives. And sometimes we like our life just the way that it is. We can't desire the fruit from God's word. We can't desire the the produce and what God wants to produce in our life without allowing it to have power over our life. It's not gonna happen that way. And if you want the word of God to work for you, number two, you're gonna have to permit it to be powerful. Several years ago, I was on an elk hunt in Colorado, and I've been on three of them, and every time I would go, I would borrow a gun from somebody who had a gun powerful enough to kill an elk. I obviously did not have one of those, and so I would borrow one. Got back from one of the trips out there and one of the men that I hunted with, uh, a good friend of mine gave me uh, a 300 Win Mag, okay? That just sounds scary, doesn't it? Even if you don't know what it is, it's a big gun and it kicks like a mule, He gave me the gun. He says, look, I'm getting a new one. I'm going to upgrade. I want you to have this one. And so he gave it to me. And so excited to have a new gun. And that's my favorite price was free. And uh, so I was excited about the gun, took it home. But when I took it home, I thought about taking it deer hunting. I kept thinking about the words that he told me, Brother Michael. He said, it kicks like a mule. He said, if you're up in a tree, you better brace yourself or it'll knock you out of the tree. And I'm thinking about going hunting. And you're sitting out there in the deer stand. You got this gun. And this little old doe walks out. And you're looking at that doe, and you're trying to size her up. You might get 40 pounds of meat off of her. And you're just thinking about how hard that thing's going to kick. And you're looking at it, and you're like, you know what? I just don't think she's worth it. That's just too much power. That thing's going to hurt me, leave a bruise on my shoulder. I'm going to have to come home and ice my shoulder down. It's just too much power. And can I tell you this? I have never fired that gun. Never have. Brother Michael's laughing. I don't know if you can see him off camera, but he's laughing at me right now. I've never fired the gun. Why? Because it's too much power. It scares me. And I'm looking at those. I mean, it's going to have to be a monster deer before I shoot it. It's going to have to be worth it to me, or else I'm not going to mess around with that kind of power. Now, isn't it the same way we do with God's word? We know that God's word is powerful. And we think about it, we're like, you know what? God's word, it's going to change my life. If I allow God's word to have power over my life, it's going to change a lot of stuff. And we say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I don't want to go through what it's going to take to get that deer. It's just not worth it. And all of the things that God's word could produce in our life, for us, it's not worth it. And that's why the word of God does not work for us. We will not permit it to be powerful. Instead, we sit back and we're merely eating the crumbs of what we could have if we just allowed God's work, God's word to be powerful in our life and to have power over our life. I think we could all remember this. I'm sure it causes cancer now. When we were children, we used to drink out of the water hose, or at least I did, Uh, You could put water hose water in a bottle uh, and a blind taste test, and I could tell you which one was out of a hose and which one was out of a faucet. There's just the taste of water out of a hose, isn't it? Everybody shake your head at the camera. Thumbs up. Amen. Amen. Good deal. Now, remember when we were kids? For some of you, you're going to have to go a long way back to remember when you were a kid. But for me, it wasn't too long ago. I'm only 40. And so our buddy would be drinking out of the faucet, out of the hose, and uh, we would have the water turned down low for him. And some of you are smiling right now because you know where I'm about to go with this and you have a sin nature just like I did and you did the same thing to your friend that I did to my friend. And you're sitting there and just about the time he gets it up to his face, you turn it up, then he just goes all over, right? Everybody's done that, right? man, Brother Michael says he has. I mean, you're not ever going to come back uh, to church because I'm picking on him so much tonight. There's not a lot of people to pick on here, okay? But here's what I want you to think about. So often we're like the guy on the, the handle, God's word could do so much for us. God's word has so much influence it could have on our life, particularly in times like these, and yet we've, we're holding the, back, the faucet back. We're just keeping it on a little, little bit of a trickle. We don't want to have the word of God come in and overwhelm our life and change everything, and so we just read it here and there, and its influence is minimal of what it could be. Can I tell you tonight, as we hurry, the risk is worth the results What the word of God could do right now in your life The risk of the change That the powerful word of God Could bring to your life Will the word of God bring change to your life Absolutely I mean if the word of God did not bring change to your life You might as well be reading a phone book You're not going to get anything out of that I want a word that's going to change me And I don't want it to be just a little bit of a trickle of a change I need to be changed On a daily basis I get bad out of alignment And I need God's power in my life to influence my life and to change my life. But sometimes when God's word begins to change us, we have to let go of things that maybe we do not want to let go of. And that's why we are hesitant to allow God's work to be powerful. But if we want to have overwhelming results, we're going to have to let God have overwhelming presence and power in our life. One of the first books I can remember ever getting in the ministry was the book The Final Authority by William Grady. It speaks about the King James Bible and why the Word of God should be our final authority. And can I just tell you something tonight? Right now, in just a few moments we'll have an invitation, but right now you ought to have a resolve in your heart that as we navigate this time of difficulty, as we navigate this time of adversity, that you are going to allow the Word of God to be your final authority. You're going to allow the Word of God to have the power that it desires to change whatever it wants to change, that we might not only make it through this, but grow through this process as well. So number two, when will God's word work for you? You want it to work? You hear it working in other people's lives? Or it'll work when you permit it to be powerful. And then finally, the Bible says in verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. And then watch this next part, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It's sharp. It pierces, the Bible says, to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it is a, watch what it says about itself, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible says the Word of God is sharp. The Bible says the Word of God is a discerner. Now, you look up discerner, it means it's like a decider. You look at the illustration the Word of God is giving us, it is a sword, you see a blade. and What the Word of God has the privilege of doing, it's the flawless ability to be able to discern or to distinguish or to judge in our life. Now, can I tell you tonight, none of us have ever gone through anything like this before. None of us have. None of us could say, well, I know what to do in this situation because I've been here before. Really, none of us have ever been through this before. And so we are navigating uncharted territory. We've mentioned it time and time again. And as we navigate this uncharted territory, we're making decisions we've never had to make. We're having to make decisions for a church and for our families. We're having to make decisions for our own health and our our jobs. All kinds of decisions have to be made. And what a blessing it would be if we just had something that could help us during this time to discern what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Can I tell you the Word of God is a discerner? The Word of God will work as a discerner when, number three, when you decide to let it discern When you decide to let it discern, when you decide that I'm going to allow the word of God to decide how I should feel, how I should think, how I should act, and how I should uh, traverse this time of difficulty, you're going to allow the word of God to be that discerner in your life. If you're not careful, you're going to be like me. Give you an illustration. When I was a kid, my grandmother taught me, I'll never forget, to peel potatoes. She had these little paring knives. I think all of us have them. My wife has a few in her uh, the kitchen drawer. And they're colorful handles and little short blades. And you peel potatoes. This is before the fancy, you know, things that you do that. And so my grandmother's teaching me to peel them. And the potato would start off about yay big. And by the time I finished peeling it, it was about yay big. And when you looked at the peelings, there was a lot of potato. There were whole French fries still hooked to the skins. Because I was not very good at it, okay? I was not very discerning in my cuts. I was not separating the good from the garbage, okay? That's what discerning does. It helps you separate what's good from what is not good, and it helps you separate them precisely, all right? The Bible says that the word of God is sharp. It's a good, sharp knife. It helps us discern what we are to do and what we are not to do. Now, can I tell you something tonight? Potatoes are a good, affordable thing to practice on, okay? Potatoes are not expensive. I've bought tons of them lately uh, on my trips to the grocery store. My wife is never going to let me go grocery shopping again after this is over because I go and find all kinds of stuff that she didn't know that we needed. And I just load up the cabinets and uh, load up the uh, utility room uh, just preparing like you zombie people that have the bunker in the backyard, just trying to be prepared. But can I tell you, those potatoes are cheap. And you can sit there and practice on a potato and you can get some of it right and some of it wrong and throw it away. But can I tell you tonight, understand your life, which by the way you only have one of, your life is too valuable. Your home is too valuable. This church is too valuable to try to navigate this time of uncertainty based on what we think and the ideas from our heart. The Bible says our hearts are desperately wicked. They are deceitful. That's what our heart is. There's no way that we can navigate this time without the discernment of the word of God. Now the good news is the word of God wants to work for us and to be our discerner during these times. But it will not be our discerner until you decide to allow it to be the discerner. Wouldn't it be be nice tonight if there was somebody to make your decisions for you? oh, we have made decisions in the past three weeks. I never even imagined that what I have to make as a pastor. Never thought about it. And then you pay a price because of all of the armchair pastors who want to tell you about the decision that you made. And that's another subject for another day. would it be nice is as we traverse this time of difficulty, there was something that could help you understand exactly how you should feel? I mean, we have, we're tempted to feel fear. We're tempted to feel worry. Wouldn't it be nice if there was something that would tell us how to act, that would tell us how to feel, that would tell us how to think, that would tell us which way to go? Wouldn't it be nice if there was just like an easy button? I've been looking for it. There's not one in the office. Brother Brent, could we get one of those installed, please? I'd love to have an easy button. There's not one there to answer the questions for you. I gotta tell you this. I, I thought about it, so I gotta go ahead and say it. Have you seen the commercial with the trunk monkey? Have y'all seen that? This guy's going down the road. You know, this guy's arguing at him. He just pushes this button, and here comes this monkey out of the trunk with a, with a tire iron and knocks the guy in the back of the head. And then he just tells him, get back in the trunk after it's over. Uh, I mean, how often would that be great just to have one of those? Push the button, solves all the problems for you. Now, there's not an easy button for a pandemic. There's not a trunk monkey for a pandemic. But there is a word of God that's discerning. It will help us navigate the thoughts and intents of the heart, but we must decide to let it discern. I posted on my Facebook page the other day at the um, press conference in the Rose Garden, Mike Lindell, the inventor, the founder of My Pillow, He went off script just for a second, and I don't think they were prepared for him to do that, but I'm so glad that he did. And as he stood there in the Rose Garden talking about how his company was making masks now for our medical personnel, he turned to the president and he asked, can I say one more thing? I jotted down real quickly. And the president said, go ahead. As he began to give this speech, I'm sure the president's skin was crawling because as a pastor, my skin would be crawling too. If somebody wanted to leave the script just for a second. But one of the things that he mentioned, go back to the social media page, you can see it, or go back and you can Google it and see it because the left-wing media is going nuts over the fact that a leader, uh, a, a, a company owner, had the audacity to call America during this time to get back to the Word of God. Think about it. Here's someone standing in the Rose Garden. Oh, what a holy boldness and courage that he had to stand before uh, the president, the media, and our entire country. There were 70,000 people tuning in just on Facebook as I watched. And he had the spiritual nerve to be able to say that during this time, what we need is to get back to the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God will be our discerner if we let it. The Word of God can discern the thoughts and intents of the heart, the emotions and the feelings. I mean, they are just going up and down right now. I'm fearful. Everything seems to be okay. All right, nobody in our church right now is sick. It's just up and down. And all of these emotions and all of these thoughts and intents of our heart, how do we make sense of it all? Here's the good news. There's not an easy button, but there's a Word of God. And that Word of God will discern the thoughts and intents of our heart. But we must decide to let it work for us. You see, when you keep the word of God at distance because you don't want it influencing your life, you don't want it to be living and active influencing your life, you're holding the power of the word of God at bay and you're also holding the discerning spirit of the word of God at bay. and We're on our own. Now, why is this so important? Well, the reason this is important is because in times like these, never been here. I never led my family through an epidemic, never led a church through an epidemic, I've never spoke on live any type of anything in my life more than I have in the past three weeks. This is new territory. How do we discern this? Well, we allow the Word of God to have an active influence, a powerful influence in the discerning of the thoughts and intents of our heart. Now, folks, people don't like that, and that's why they shun the Word of God. That's why the news media went nuts. Why? Because what does the Word of God do? It cuts. It separates the good From the garbage. And the reason we don't allow the word of God to have a discerning influence in our life is because sometimes, and I'm going to raise my hand, sometimes we get attached to the potato peels. Sometimes we get attached to the part that needs to go in the garbage. And if we allow the word of God to have a powerful influence in our life, that means that word of God, we know what it's going to do. That word of God's going to come through there, and it's going to separate. Notice the word divide in verse 12. It's going to divide and separate us from what we want to hold on to. And so we keep the word of God at bay. We don't allow it to have an influence. We don't allow its power in our life. And we're holding back the discernment that we could have in times like these. Well, what a priceless tool we have tonight in the word of God. It's priceless. I am sure the majority of our church has gone to their Bible probably twice as much during this time, because of what we're going through. Oh, how we need a a living, active influence right now. I mean, every day changes. It's always different. We get these new numbers, new results, a new quarantine, a new crowd size. I mean, it's always changing. We've got to have a daily, active influence in our life, and the quick, living Word of God, that's what it wants to do. But we must choose to allow it to be active in our life. It can't be just what you read and what you believe. You've got to allow the word of God to be active in your life. You've got to allow the the word of God to do what he sent it to accomplish. The word of God wants to work for us, but you must allow it to be alive. Number two, we must permit it to be powerful. And number three, we must decide to let it discern. Can I ask you tonight, is the word of God active in your life? I'm not talking about do you know it? I'm not talking about have you memorized it. Is it active? You say, well, how do I know if it's active? Is it influencing your daily life? Right now, you need this more than ever. The Word of God has got to be a daily living influence in your life. It can't just be something you've memorized or put on a paper on the wall. It's got to be an influence. It's got to change us. And then it's got to be a powerful change. Let the Word of God have that overshadowing, overwhelming influence in your life that it desires to do. And then allow the word of God to discern. Is it discerning? Will you allow it to discern? Well, so I'm afraid if I allow the word of God uh, to do what it desires to do in my heart, it might cut out some things that don't that I want to hold on to. I assure you, you'll be better off tonight by letting them go. So tonight as a church, why don't we decide during a time of invitation? I'm ask our pianists to come, have a hymn of invitation. Why don't we decide tonight? We want the word of God to work for us. Matter of fact, why don't we decide we must have the Word of God working for us tonight. <clears throat> we've got to have an active Word in our life. We can't go a day without it. We've got to have an active influence of the Word of God. We must have the power of, God, of the Word of God in our life. We've got to have that overwhelming influence that changes everything. Because right now, so much is changing. And we've got to have that discernment. Would you be willing to go to God tonight and let Him know, I'm going to allow your Word to work in my life. And however a way you see fit, that I might become the witness that I need to through this trial, and after it's over, my life would be a testimony of the works of God. Let's pray together tonight.